Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's going on? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. The podcast where we find out just how much better of a backpacker Jeremiah Stringer is than myself, John Kelly. We are glad that you have chosen to be here with us today. Thank you for continuing to listen to this podcast in spite of my rants, simply because you know you're going to gain wisdom from Jeremiah. <laughs> All false. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, the fact that people listen to this podcast after some of the rants I go on, man, like they probably just go, you know, he's old. Er. So we're just going to let it go. You just gotta sometimes you gotta let an old man talk. Just just let the grumpy guy do his thing. Like get off his porch and let him talk. You know? Like Nah, you're still young, man. You're still out there, you're still backpacking. But I'm never stopping that. You're gonna have to cut my legs off, and even then I might get prosthetics. Let's go. I wanna be like senior hiker seventy seven, be out there seventy five, eighty years old and still tromping around. Nimble will nomad, man. Yeah. That so yeah. didn't nimble uh Nimblewood Nomad, didn't he set the record as the oldest person to through hike? The AT. Yep. Yeah. In he's the, a legend, man. He's a legend. In his 80s, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That That's how I want to be, man. I discovered backpacking several years ago, and uh, I don't ever foresee never taking a trip again. We'll see once the kids come around how often I can get out. I know it's a lot harder. It's a lot easier right now, but... Uh, I definitely want to keep keep getting out on trips. Well, I know I started before I had kids, and now that I have kids. It is not as easy to get out. It, it definitely it definitely changes things. There's no doubt about that. But hey, man, real quick before we get into this this episode too far, we want to say a big thank you to our sponsors, War Bonnet, Sewn with Pride in Colorado, USA. Uh, so glad as that having them as our sponsor for this episode. Now, Jeremiah, I've used the Thunderfly tarp before, and I think it's fantastic. Uh, what is it? You're a huge fan of War Bonnet. Why don't you share everybody what you love about them? Absolutely. Well, the number one thing that I love is made in the USA. I know it's made. It's I know who's sewing it. Brandon does a great job, runs a great business, has everything that you could think of when it comes to hammocks. Um, now, the product that I use the most is their tarp. They have a bunch of different tarps, but the one that I picked is the Thunderfly. I wanted a 13-foot tarp, and I have a 12-foot hammock, which means I need a lot of coverage, and I have never gotten wet under this tarp. I can pitch it different ways um, so it can block the wind or any other elements that I need to block out. And um, if you want to go with one of their bridge-style hammocks, this tarp can be used with a bridge-style. It's got plenty of room. Huge plus for me. I'll tell you what I did. So well, tell me, I gotta know. Tell me. Tarps sometimes come with these sewning clips right on the outside of the, the tarp. And this I put some shock cord on it and I basically use my trekking poles to either go into porch mode. So I lift up part of the tarp and that gives me a bunch of room. Or I will take my trekking poles and I'll put it through the shock cord on top of the tarp 
and dude, it creates like a dome in there. You have yeah. all kinds of space. Work like spreader bars. Yes. And that's exactly right. Works like spreader bars. So they don't just have tarps though. Uh, they have hammocks. They of course have the tarps. They have top quilts. They have under quilts. So you can stay warm. Yeah. The accessories, dude. I just checked out their accessories page and one piece of gear that I take literally every single time. And I'm taking this uh, very soon on a trip is a hang time hook. And I know that you have used a hang time hook. Every trip. I use it in a tent. So it, I love that thing. Basically just a little hook. You can hook your phone or you, you know, snap your phone into it and you can lay there and watch movies in your hammock. So war bonnet. I'd highly urge you to check out warbonnetoutdoors.com. And be ready. I remember the first time I was introduced to Warbonnet, I went to their website, and I would have never known they were a cottage brand. I thought they were something like Big Agnes or Nemo, just a bigger company. But they're they're a cottage brand. They're, you can talk to a person. If you call, you will actually talk to a human being, and they will help you in any way they can. Big thank you to Warbonnet for sponsoring this episode right here from Colorado in the U.S. of A. Very thankful for them sponsoring this episode. Jeremiah, let's talk trips for a second. Let's talk trips because you just got back from the Smoky Mountains, which I love the Smoky Mountains. It's one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And I struck it whenever the flaming azaleas were in full bloom. So I'd never seen that before in my life. That's awesome. Absolutely beautiful up there. Now, those are the bright red flowers? Yeah. Whenever they say flaming they're not kidding. So Gregory Bald, I don't know why they call it Gregory Bald instead of Gregory's Bald. Yeah. Maybe not to offend Gregory. I have no idea. But <laughs> I'm sure Gregory's listening right now and he's not happy with you. He's like, what? I'm not bald. <laughs> so I don't know. I was reading up on the history on, on Gregory Bald and they don't know why that they have just these bald spots and different. I mean, it could be the same elevation around the same latitude or longitude. And um, for some reason, they just pop up. And what you get are these fantastic views. And that was something I got to experience whenever I was in the Smokies. And uh, I, w- I would guess it's where people didn't use wag bags. <laughs> you think so I guess it's worse. <laughs> you know, Can I say something real quick before we get too far into this? Yeah. So we asked everybody on one of our past episodes, we were talking about wag bags, and we asked people to send messages to Jason backpack mr backpacking with jason sir yeah, yeah and you all came through man you all we literally have the best audience on the face of the planet because you guys literally sent him messages commented on his instagram posts and his youtube videos and he got a hold of us it was like what did you guys say <laughs> i was just uh, <laughs> i was scrolling back through my text because uh we we put we put that video out and then that same day, I, I bet it was like, I think we published the episodes around 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesdays. Yeah. And I'm talking like 10 a.m. Jason's texting me and he's like, I can't find the text, but it's basically something along the lines of, well, I'm getting a lot of messages about wag bags. Yeah, he group texted us on that. <laughs> <laughs> It was like immediate. It was immediate. It wasn't even like, like you said, it was like the same morning and he was already getting messages. So I, I, we got to give major props to, to our, to you guys. Cause you play along so well and that's just awesome. That's just awesome. 
So f- speaking of uh, the wag bags and going to the bathroom and stuff, I lost the game immediately in the Smoky. Oh, I have a lot to share about the Smokies trip. Met oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So <clears throat> I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here. No, for, for those who don't know, when Jeremiah says he fa- he failed the game, if you're a new listener, we have a game we call Don't Poop in the Woods. Oh yeah, and and it's it's a game we play where we try and make sure we can go an entire weekend without ever having to poop in the backcountry. Now that doesn't include privies, or, or we're talking digging cat holes and pooping. Like that's that's the game. And apparently Jeremiah did not make it on his last trip. No, I absolutely didn't. I'll give you the skeleton of the trip first before I dive into it. Okay. So day one, camp at Cades Cove Campground. Everybody meets up, and then we roll out in the morning. Pretty cool early. Area. Oh, dude. I'll tell you about it here in just a minute. And the next day, day two, uh, hike. You know, you get started, get your hiking in, get it done, make it to camp. Day, day three, another day of hiking. Day four, hike out. So four-day trip. And day one started at Cades Cove. And... It is infamous for bear activity. Yes. And that whenever I got there, the rangers were very adamant whenever I was checking in that you have to keep your food in the car. It has to be safely stored. Even if you have like, we took a Yeti, which is supposed to be bear, like heavily bear resistant. Right. Um, but I still don't want a bear chewing on that cooler and stuff. So keep it in the car. We got there. And I was like, I want to be the first one there because I want for Bridget and I to pick out our camp spot first. So if you're the first one to camp, a lot of people don't think about this. It's important. It is. And we were tenting. Now, if I'm in the hammock, like got my war bonnet on me, I'm rocking and rolling. I don't have to worry about where I'm camping at because with the hammock, as long as I got two trees that are accurately spaced apart, I'm good to go. Yeah. But we were tent camping, so we said, let's be the first ones there. And we indeed were. It was like a three, three and a half hour drive for us. And we showed up, and I walked into the ranger station, and I said, hey, we have a reservation under Jared. Um, It is supposed to be for group site one. And they said, "Mm, is it under David? And I said, no, it's under Jared. And they're like, are you sure? Because we have a reservation for group camp one under David. And I was like, well, there's absolutely no service here, right? You're like in the middle of the Smokies. And I was like, I can't text these guys. And I was like, do y'all have Wi-Fi? And I clicked on it, opened up the Wi-Fi, and it was like, you know, National Park Service Wi-Fi, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, well, we don't have Wi-Fi here. You'll have to walk across the street and stand under the pavilion. I was like, I'm picking it up right now. What's the password? She was like, you can't use that Wi-Fi. And I was like, I need to message these guys because I got to see if it's under somebody else's name. I knew. So the cast is me, Bridget, my wife, Jared, who uh, listened to the podcast, um, Outside Comfort Zone, if I remember correctly, is the name of his YouTube channel. Okay. You had um, Unlikely Hiker, Melissa, and you had Dave. Is that Melissa Cop? Is that her name? I don't I don't remember her last name, but Unlikely Hiker is definitely her YouTube. Yeah, she she seems like a really nice person. Oh, 
she is fantastic heavy skier dude she's ski patrol she's super knowledgeable when it comes to skiing too wow. and then uh dave which is off grid dave off grid mm-hmm. and uh crow as the crow flies hiking brad and we also had metro showed up the last night metro metro uh, on the move yep and uh jared's brother which their last name is champion so he just goes by champ i'm not really sure what his real name is okay but we anyway the point is we had a bunch of people so we needed a group campsite right and these campsites right. will hold like 20 30 people oh yeah yeah they're real nice so i walk across the road and um i get under the pavilion to sign up for their crappy free wi-fi which thank god they had it and it's super slow, but I was able to get an Instagram text or Instagram message through to our group. We had a group message going. And I was like, hey, I know that Dave is coming. Did you put the reservation under David by chance? And he's like, no. And this is Jared. Jared was kind of in charge of organizing the trip. And Dave got a lot of us together. And Jared's like, let me check the reservation. And he's like, uh-oh, I think I might have messed up. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? And, you know, it's taken a long time for these messages to come through. So I'm sitting there in suspense. <laughs> and, uh, it's it's like, like five, ten minutes between messages. Exactly, dude. You know, <laughs> you know that public this, is, get, this is great. Yeah. So he says, I reserved it. I think I reserved it for last night instead of tonight. And I was literally sitting there under the pavilion at the ranger station. Oh, no. Like, I'm going to have to solve this problem. And Jared is such a sweetheart. I absolutely loved hanging out with him. Yeah. He's a great guy, and I can't wait to go backpacking with him again. But he, he messed up the campsite, and apparently this wasn't the first time he's done this before. Uh, he also, <laughs> I feel bad saying this. I don't think he'll mind. He's he's a friend now, and yeah. I have a lot of fun. But he also didn't bring a, a filter or a camp stove. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Anyway. um. So I go back over across the street and I'm like, uh, do y'all have any other, hold on, <coughs> I had to sneeze. Wow. That was violent. <laughs> I might have another one. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. exercised all the demons on that one. <laughs> so I go oh back man. That's the first time. That's the first on this podcast, man. That's the first time we've had a, like a full blown sneeze. I think on the podcast. <laughs> I think so. I have the cough button here. I could have hit mute, but. It was too fast. Anyway, I went back across to the ranger station. I was like, do y'all um, happen to have another group campsite open for tonight? And there, this is on a Thursday night. Right, right. And uh, she was like, well, group site one is booked up, but we have group site two open. And it was literally the next campsite right next to group campsite one. Oh, perfect. Adjoining. And yeah. It was also closer to the creek so and the bathroom. So I was like, this works out perfect. Yeah. So um, I reserved that spot. And then later, everybody shows up. Uh, we had a, other, a couple of other people to visit, too, that have a channel. I can't remember what their channel name is now. But, That's okay. That's okay. Um, anyway, we hung out that night. I brought cornhole boards, and we played and, you know, had a big fire and uh, actually, have you heard of walking tacos? Oh, dude, walking tacos are awesome. You talk about the Frito bags where you put all the food in them? Frito or yeah. Dorito. You can take your pick. 
Fritos are are the are the uh, traditional walking taco bag, though. Well, I'm all about breaking molds, so I went. With I know it. you are. I know you are. Anyway, Bridget and I, we had we had our first walking tacos the week before. Like I'd had them, not I guess official walking tacos. Sometimes they serve them at like the football games and stuff. Yeah. At school. Yeah. But real walking tacos. Went to a friend's birthday party, and I was like, Bridget, let's make these for our first night in the Smokies. And she's like, okay, well, Jared sent the group. Can, can I say something real quick about, about walking tacos before we get off that topic? Cause walking tacos, like I love walking tacos. First off, you might want to tell everybody what it is. Cause if so, like, you didn't that, know that, that's all I want to do. The walking tacos are you, typically, typically it's a bag of Fritos, but you can use Doritos too, if you want or whatever. Um, but it's, it's a bag of corn chips. And then you uh, you drop in your meat, your cheese, sour cream, whatever it is you want that you'd put on a taco. You just put that in the bag with the chips and you just eat it with a spoon or a fork. And it's a walking taco. Did you know that the show Iron Chef is on Netflix now? You ever wow. heard of that show, Iron Chef? I used to fall asleep to it every night whenever I, I was in high school. I loved that show. And and it, was, uh, it used to be on Food Network. Well, now it's on Netflix. And the first episode... They got this dude on there who's just out of his mind, like with the food he makes. He just makes really fun stuff. Uh huh. One of the first things he made that their meal was lamb. They had to do everything with lamb, and it had to be street food. He made lamb walking tacos for <sighs> Iron Chef. He's a for genius. Iron Chef. The man is a genius for Iron Chef. These people loved it. They thought it was the greatest thing ever. Like yeah. Iron Chef. That's a little bit taboo to make something like that. I know. I like Iron Chef. It's all like. High class food, right? And this dude, okay. So, one more thing, and we'll get back to the story. But oh, his yeah. his first thing was he made lamb tartare, okay, oh. which is just lightly seared lamb, you know. And he put it, he made the tartare, and then he put it in between two um, salt and vinegar Pringles. And so it was this one bite with a salt and vinegar Pringles and the lamb tartare. And then to cleanse the palate, he gave all of the judges a squirt gun that had lemon lime soda in it. <laughs> a squirt gun? I'm not even kidding you. A squirt gun. Do you drink out of the squirt gun? Yeah, you just squirt right in your mouth. Oh, my gosh. This it was like is... the greatest thing ever. It was like awesome. This is the same guy that made the walking tacos? Yes, this is the guy that made the walking tacos. Sign me up, man. I want to be friends with this guy. He I know, awesome. man. I know. So, anyways, tell, tell me more. I, when you said the walking tacos, I immediately thought of I thought of Iron Chef. So, well, I didn't have to bring any food because I mean I took food on the trip. But for the first night, Jared said, "Hey, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm feeding everybody on at the campsite at the group camp. So don't worry about bringing anything to eat." So Bridget and I just brought like brought a couple of pineapples and we we're cutting those up and like a big pack of strawberries and some fruit dip that she made. And I was like, cool. be a good little appetizer. Fruit's always refreshing when you're camping. And he showed up and he made walking tacos. And I was like, Bridget and I were literally going to make these for this trip. And that we're actually kind of disappointed. And we're like, you know, we're not eating walking tacos. Cause he didn't tell us what he was making. Right. And so, <clears throat> On the way, there's no Chipotle in the town I live in. And on the way, we got Chipotle. And I was like, ah, we shouldn't have doubled down on like the Tex-Mex or whatever. But it turned out to be absolutely fantastic and a fun time around the campfire. Oh, yeah. 
So night one, success, getting to know everybody. The next morning, you have to take this loop around Cades Cove. They call it like the Cades Cove Nature Loop or something like that. And you can only drive, I don't know, if you're going 10 or 15 miles per hour, you're doing pretty good because there's so much bear activity. We saw four bears as we were driving around this loop. And so we're we're going around the loop, and um, there is a whole line of cars. Everybody's really slow, right? And Taking pictures. Taking pictures. There's wild turkeys. There's horses. There, I mean, there's a bunch of wildlife. Yeah. And there's these two dirt bikes. One's like a Honda Grom. One's like a street legal dirt bike. And they, they're they kind of going around some vehicles because we're going so slow. And sometimes people just stop, take pictures. And so on a bike, it's very nimble. You can just go around people. Right. And, dude, Bridge and I were in the car. Jared had this, like, big van that he was taking the rest of the crew in over to where we were parking to start hiking. And these bikes pass Bridget and I. And then they move up in front of Jared. And in front of him is, like, this giant truck. I, it's like a dually diesel, like a like a 3,500 Silverado or something. And the bikes get behind him, and there's like four cars until you can start taking pictures of these bears that are running through the field. And these bikes have been passing people, and this guy gets out of the driver's seat. He's got a full truck bed full of kids, right? And then right. It's, it's an extended cab truck. It's full, you know. He gets out. He's wearing basketball shorts and like this 10 gallon cowboy hat which questionable fashion decisions first of all yeah those don't seem to go together well he walks straight behind his truck to these guys on the dirt bike and starts yelling and pointing his finger in their face he's like you guys you're not gonna pass us everybody's out here to take pictures and you're scaring off the wildlife with the bikes so you're gonna stay right here do you understand me he yells at them for like a minute what the guys are just sitting there on their dirt bikes and they're i mean what do you do they they have helmets on you know i can't really see what they're saying back yeah and they're a, a car and a half in front of us they're in front of yeah. you and then he like storms back to his truck did they pass him dude they were given a little just just a little just a little kiss <laughs> <laughs> I'm for probably like 30 seconds to a minute and then you can see them keep they keep looking at each other keep looking and then all of a sudden they take off and they they go around this truck dude the guy in the passenger seat takes a swing at the guy so they go on each side of the truck they split it right one yeah. passenger side and one driver's side yeah the, the guy in the passenger seat takes a swing at the guy that's passing them and then the bikes just take off and uh that was the end of that. I was like, what is this guy thinking? Getting out on he, somebody could have shot him, you know? It, well, and not just that, it's just dumb. Well, like, I, if I they guess, don't want to be there, let them go. If they're scared off the if they're scared off the wildlife, if that's what you think, don't you want them to go away? Well, the thing with like dirt bikes is they run at higher RPMs a lot of times and they're just loud kind of in general. There's nothing you could really do about it. But you know, you know as well as I do, the animals in the Smokies already know that yeah. they're used to it. They're like for people who are from out West or maybe have just never been to the Smokies before um, people who go to the Smokies, I'm, I'm being very, I'm going to be very nice about this. 
if oh. I can, Jeremiah. Oh, here we go. Very nice about this. I just went through the Smokies. A lot of people who go to the Smokies, not everybody, but a lot of people have no um, self awareness. It's touristy, right? I mean, it's, it's touristy, and they don't understand sometimes that bears can eat you, and they will like. I was I've talked to to rangers from down there. And they tell me all the time they're getting people like they're telling people to get off of like get back in their cars or get back on the road. They will walk into the field to take pictures of bears because I don't know if they think that the bears are like Yogi Bear and they're he's not going to do anything to them or something. Um, but people do really dumb things when they don't know. And a lot of people who go down to the Smokies aren't necessarily nature people or backpacking people or even hiking people. They're just going down because they want to see bears. Or they want to see elk or they want to see, you know, animals. And and so they don't pay attention to the fact of anybody else being around them. And they will stop in the middle. They won't even pull over a lot. They'll just stop in the middle of the road, mm-hmm. get out of their vehicles, and it'll hold up traffic for forever. And that's Dude. pretty typical in the Smokies. Like, that's just something. If you're going down there, be prepared for that because that's going to happen. It's the m- most visited national park by more than double. Yeah. Of the next one down, and people think like it'd be Yellowstone or or one of one of or Yosemite or something like that, but it's actually the Smokies, Great Smoky Mountains. Yep, it's beautiful, but man, it is touristy. Man, there are so many people. There's all kinds of signs saying like, you know, how many yards you're supposed to be away from a bear and staying in your car and all. They even have like rangers out there on this nature drive or whatever you want to call it, motioning vehicles on if there's a bear spotted because people are getting out of their vehicles and like walking over to it. I don't know. It doesn't yeah. just, you just have to be aware. You just have to be aware of that when you go there. That's why I was saying, cause like, yeah, you're going to, if you're not knowing it's coming, you're just going to get angry because you're going to be yeah. like, why can't we move? You know? And, and that's why, because a lot of people go to Smokies or they're, they're tourists. They don't understand a lot of things and they make bad choices and you just well, got to be ready for it. For the like, record, like guys driving trucks who are threatening dirt bikers. <laughs> for the record, n- unfortunately, nobody was in the right uh, in that situation. Like the bike, no. I'm on the biker side. I, I ride a motorcycle, and I I get. I think that lane splitting. If if you're sitting still at a stoplight, and and it's against the law here, like California and Utah, I think are the only two U.S. states where you're allowed to, if traffic is stopped, you can filter, lane filtering, not lane splitting. Lane splitting would mean the vehicles are moving. So lane filtering basically just means you drive on the white line, dotted white line in between cars at a stoplight or in traffic to filter to the front on a bike. Because one, it's safer on the motorcycle for you to be in front because there's so many people that get hit in the back end on a bike. You know, people get rear-ended all the time. People are texting. Yeah. They're not paying. Well, it's so hard to see people on a motorcycle because you're such a thin profile and your eyes are trained to see big blocky cars. That's just right. the way. It's just automaticity. So if you can filter to the front, it's safer because then there's not, it's not just you sitting there with waiting on a car to stop behind you. Right. Uh, and also that gets rid of traffic. So now you're no longer taking a spot in traffic and that frees up space. So if we had more bikes, we would have less traffic, especially if we could filter to the front. Now, I don't think that those guys probably really should have been passing people. There's nothing they can do about the sound of their bikes, but they also shouldn't have been revving their engines behind the guy because yeah. that's retaliation. 
But that guy should never got out of his vehicle, and his passengers never should have taken a swing at somebody on a bike. He could have permanent. He could have permanently damaged that guy. Could have killed him, dude. I mean, yeah. imagine the guy run the bike off the road right there, and it killed him. Yeah. So nobody was in the right, but I will side with the bikers. But yeah. let me let me progress forward. <laughs> oh, so that all happens, and then what? That so the trip hasn't even started. <laughs> we haven't got on trail yet. We're not even on trail. We're almost thirty minutes into this podcast, and we're still not even on the trail yet. So we drive on, and we get to the trailhead, and we weigh everybody's backpack. Mine's like thirty-one pounds. I think Bridget's is like thirty-two or thirty-three. And I'm going to do a trip video for this. I've been working on. It. I got the first minute done. I'm kind of blown away by that. By the way, this is like two in the last month and a half. I'm going to do a South Dakota trip video too. So be yeah, but that you should do one for South Dakota. Yeah, the Smokies have been here my whole life. I mean, like yeah. two or three you hours. I'll be doing one for the Foothills Trail in the fall. Like, oh, I can't wait to see that. I, I will actually do one for that. So, and I, I'm trying. I, I'm not going to get in that right now. But yeah, I'll, I'll probably be doing one for that. So, <laughs> well, I'm going to do a Smokies trip video. But we started backpacking, right? All of us, everybody but Metro and Champ. And we hike in, uh, take a little lunch break, keep hiking, and finally make it to camp. Set up. So on the way to camp, Bridget and I, we're, we're fairly slow. My legs are pretty much dead. I've been working out a lot. I did legs like the day, not the day before our trip, but the day before that, my legs are shot. And here we are climbing thousands of feet in the Smoky Mountains. Right, right. Um, and then Bridget's pack is really heavy. So we hike up, we make it to Gregory Bald, and we see those flaming azaleas, absolutely gorgeous. And then it opens up, and there's just, you know, it's the bald, so you can see for miles and miles and miles. Absolutely perfect weather. It's probably like 75, 80 degrees up there. Oh, that's nice. Here. That's real nice. Yeah, nice breeze. We hike on to camp, um, get set up chill have a good time the next day we had to hike back across gregory's ball or gregory bald so that we can hit the next intersection turn and then hike on which is fantastic it's only like four and a half miles of hiking that's not bad no not bad at all and it's all downhill except for the first like mile wow back up to gregory bald so we we hike we hiked the, the four and a half miles, but the bad news is three miles are like straight downhill. I'm talking like losing 2,000 feet of elevation. Right. And we have to, on the last day, after we camp at this site, we have to literally turn back around and walk back straight, up, straight up that two or 3,000 feet so that we can walk back to the car on the same route that we hiked in on. And so we hiked down. This trail is way overgrown. You can tell it's much less used. Have a fantastic campsite. That's the campsite that uh, Crow. <laughs> I wish I had got it on video, man. I was like, we have like eight cameras around here, half of them rolling the whole time, and nobody caught Crow sitting in his Helinox Chair Zero and the breaking. Leg, the leg just snapped, bro. Oh man, we seen him, we seen him like flip over backward, right? Right. And he's like, whoop, 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 whoop. And then he lands. And then we're like, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm good. And he gets up and looks at his chair. And he's like, oh, there's no fixing this. And I was like, let me take a look. 
And dude, it is like twisted and snapped, all bent up, snaps it. Oh man. I was like, no, dude. But good news is they will warranty that out because I told him that I just fixed my chairs and it wasn't an issue and they'll take care of him. And sure enough, uh, they're sending him the the new piece. But the next day, I know it's going to be brutal. It's like, I think it was eight miles on the last day. Now we got, we got to, we got to revisit something real quick because you started this whole thing by saying you lost the game. Oh yes. So so before we get too far into this, when did you lose the game? Because it sounded like you lost the game early in the game. Well, good news was the very first night we was at Kays Cove and they had like lit bathrooms with flushing toilets. Now they were overran, absolutely overran with what one of the other campers called Mayflies. And I thought Mayflies were a lot smaller, but these things were like an inch long, maybe brown. And, uh, I don't know. They had overran the bathroom. Bridget was so freaked out. She wanted me to walk her over to the bathroom each time because there's all kinds of bugs just all over the place in these. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of spiders, roaches, uh, these mayflies. And, uh, anyway, had to poop there. But the next day we're, as we were hiking in, I ran dry on water. And so there was like, there was a sign before you get to Gregory Bald, and it's like telling you the pass or whatever. You know, it's this way. It's four miles to so and so, whatever. You know what I'm talking about? The wooden right. signs. And right. somebody had carved into the sign H2O with an arrow going down this path. And I was like, I'm totally drying water. We've just climbed God knows how far. I need to get some water. So I start walking down this trail. Me, Bridget, and Dave from Off Grid. Uh, we had been walking and talking the whole morning together. And I was like, I'm going to go down here and see if there's any water because it's science. So I walked a pretty good piece. And on the way back, I could just feel a stew of brewing in my tummy. You know, you get that. <laughs> that, that visual is not good. Like, <laughs> a stew of brewing. Oh, I said, man, I'm definitely losing the game on this trip. So. <laughs> I walk down there and there's just like, it's just muddy. I walked pretty good ways and I walk back up and I'm like, guys, there's no water down here, but, uh, I gotta go. I was like, I gotta, I gotta drop a deuce. And so Dave's like, well, I'll meet you at the top. And then Bridget, she has to sit there at that intersection and wait on me. So I lost the game immediately. And then I was totally regular the rest of the trip. Every single morning I woke up before we left, before we rolled out. Had to poop. Could not believe it. Couldn't believe it. You didn't just lose. You just compl- like constantly lost. Had to embrace it, man. Had I guess to. so. Like, well, if it's going to happen, I'm, I guess I'm just going to have to enjoy this every morning. So dug my cat hole, done my business, took the bidet on this one, and stayed super clean, too. Bridget and I, we bought this 20-pack of wet wipes um, before we left. Yeah. We carried those out with us, and I took me a little bath every single day with those things. And uh, we completely ran out between the two of us. We used all 20 wipes over the weekend. Couldn't believe that either. Well, between the two of you. There there were two of you. Yeah, 10 each. But for two nights on trail, I mean, that's a lot of wet wipes. That's a lot. That is a lot of wet wipes. You're right. So, uh, yep, lost the game immediately. Lost it every single morning. And 
the, the those campsites are so used it's like a minefield you can almost tell where the bathroom is at yeah well and it's uh it's like we were talking about la- like one of our la- last episodes uh places that are more heavily trafficked you can tell where everybody's pooping you could dig you could start digging and dig up somebody else's poop like that's not uncommon yeah yeah it's kind of gross yeah it's absolutely disgusting but anyway the last day comes about and we have to turn tail and luckily we're basically out of food i have like three snacks left and we have to walk this seven or eight miles three three and a half of it all uphill to this one spot absolutely brutal and i was like i don't know who put this trip together but they were they were hurting me on this last day jerry's like i nothing we could really do about it but we did have a bailout route that we could have taken right it was going to take so champ and metro come in they hiked like i don't know two or three miles to the campsite maybe four and they had a car parked at this other trailhead and we could have taken it but they had part of the mountain parkway closed and so you had to take this whole route all the way back around through Maryville and back to Cage Cove Campground. And I was like, then we'll have to get on this nature loop and take it back around to the car and then take the rest of the nature trail back to Cage Cove Campground so that we can go home. So it was going to be like a two-hour car ride just to go from this trailhead that they were parked at back to where our car was. Two oh, yikes. Drive. And I was like, I don't want to do it. I'd rather hike the seven or eight miles and enjoy the day than I would to ride in the car for two hours. Just yeah. this weekend. So we turned around and we hiked back up that giant hill and all the way back to the car and had a fantastic time. You know, you never know what you're going to get whenever you take a trip and you don't know anybody. Right, so right. The person I knew was Crow, and I know everybody has a YouTube channel and stuff, but you never know how the dynamics are going to feel. You never know who you're going to click with and how the conversation is going to be. But it turned out to be absolutely fantastic time, and I'm really thankful that they invited me, and I got to meet such great people. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So that trip was worth it then? Oh, absolutely. And the best part was Bridget went, and there was another female on the trip so her and melissa just hit it off and they they talked a whole lot and she got to experience some of that like trail life where you meet new people and you get to know somebody and you know you have a lot in common and i don't think that she's really got to like that's one of my favorite parts about backpacking right you know you get to meet new people experience new things together and that holds a special place in my heart meeting people and getting to know them and, and getting to talk to them and see what they're about. And for her to get to, to feel that same feeling, I was she was like, oh, that was so fun. I would definitely go again. I was like, uh-oh, somebody's getting the bug. I was going to say, man, that's a big step. I know, because normally, you know, she loves me enough that she'll go sometimes. And she gets a yeah. little itching for it once a year. But, yeah, she liked it. She said that she'd definitely go again. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. I need to get my wife that thinking like that, but that's – well, that's all by chance. <laughs> you took a trip too. Yeah, I just did. I didn't do like a long trip or anything. I was going to do a, a three-day trip out to the uh-huh. River Gorge. Um, but Thursday of this past week was like almost 100 degrees outside. I think it was like 97 degrees out. Uh-huh. And the humidity was like 85, 90%. And it was just miserable. And so I decided what I'd do is I'd go out Friday morning and just hike around the gorge for a while and camp out at Hanson's Point. 
had a buddy was going to meet me out there. Um, he wasn't able to make it work, but uh, got up that morning and saw that this storm was coming through. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I uh, I stayed at home until I saw that storm pass by. Then I jumped in my truck and I followed the storm all the way to the Red River Gorge. Oh, you're right behind it. I stayed right behind it the whole time and I followed it the entire way down to the gorge. So when I got to the gorge, it was gone. But what was great, it had dropped the temperature more than 20 degrees. I remember this. Yes. And so like it was in the low to mid 70s now as opposed to the upper 90s. Dude, it had been in the 90s every day for a week. I was like, I can't do it. Stupid hot. And so um, I just followed that through. And then uh, I went out to my happy place. Like I always tell people, like when I've got an overnight, I'm just going to do a quick, like I don't need to hike a lot. I just want to go out and just kind of relax in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, I went out to Hanson's Point. And what a lot of people don't know, because I don't really, we don't talk about a lot of, there's a lot of things we don't talk about a lot in here, but um, I actually had pneumonia in May and I, deal, I dealt with it for three weeks. And uh, then I was in Honduras for the first week of June. And so I hadn't been backpacking in over a month. And so uh, it was just nice to be outside. I could have cared less how many miles I hiked. I just went out there and I just sat on, I sat out at Hanson's point for maybe like 45 minutes to an hour by myself and just relaxed and enjoyed the view and then got back to camp and hung out. And it was, by that point it was probably upper eighties because it, it, the temperature came back up. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I didn't really do a fire that night. I was by myself. For me, fire is a, is more of a communal thing, like hang out with the guys around the fire or whoever's with us around the fire. Um, so, so I didn't do a fire, but I just kind of sat there and just relaxed and talked to people because it, it's Hanson's Point on a weekend. And if you've ever wow. been to the River Gorge on a weekend with Hanson's Point, there are people camp, lots of people that camp up there. They need to make that an official trail. They do. That is highly trafficked. Yes, they do. They, that way they can, they can take better care of it and clean it up and all that. But yeah. I mean, honestly... Some of the best campsites in the gorge are on Hanson's Point. I mean, they really are. Some of the best campsites you're going to find in the River Gorge. And they're actually well taken care of by people who don't work for the park. It's just people take really good care of those campsites because they love it up there so much. Yeah, you can fit a whole Boy Scout troop in some of those. Well, I did a, uh, I was going to say, we did a the hammock hang, the Kentucky hammock hang a couple of years ago up there. And there were over 100 hammock campers up there yeah. on Hanson's Point. Over 100. Yeah, so you got so much space to spread out, especially with the hammocks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's just it's just really cool because you're like you've got less than well, like between a tenth and a quarter of a mile to hike out to Hanson's Point from the campsites. So it's a short hike out, and it's one of the best views out there. It's probably a top three view in the gorge. If you can catch it on like a new moon, you can walk out there at night and sit on that point, and dude. Laying there looking at the stars. Oh, it doesn't get much more beautiful. Well, and it, what was great was after the storm went through, there was no forecast of even clouds the rest of the night. So I put my I put the my tarp up, but I never actually pulled it out of the snakeskin. So I just stared at the stars all night from the inside of my hammock. Where do you get those snakeskins? Uh it came with the tarp. Like when I bought the tarp, it was a, it's a hammock gear, uh, Dyneema tarp. And I just ordered one with it. Oh, okay. So, yeah, but I just, I literally just hung in my hammock that night. Like I stayed up till about nine thirty, ten o'clock. Cause it doesn't get dark until almost 10 right now. 
yeah. here in here in Kentucky, at least in central Kentucky. And so uh, about 10 o'clock, it started to get dark. So that's when I got in the in the hammock and I could just I just was able to stare at the stars, man. Like you talk about awesome. That's one thing that tents like I guess you could if you don't put the fly on your tent, but if you have like a Z-Pax uh, tent, that's like a single wall. You can't do it. But to just be able to lay there and stare at the stars at night, it was it was amazing. You know who I get really jealous of on those nights? People that don't have to wear glasses. Because you ever like wake up in the middle of the night, you got to pee or something, and you're laying in your hammock and you're going tarpless and you want to see those stars? You had to, to put your glasses on. I don't know about you, but my prescription, I can't see without my glasses. Yeah, I like can't see without mine either. It's so blurry that you can't really make out the stars. So then I'm laying there in my hammock and I'm falling asleep looking at the uh, stars. Then I have to take my glasses off. Can, can I tell you something about me with a hammock? It's different than me with a tent. It's only in a hammock. I never sleep on my side in a hammock. Uh-huh. And I never take my glasses off when I sleep in a hammock. Really? Yeah, I just never need to because I never I never lay sideways. I'm I always fall asleep on my back. And so like you know how you get you get in a hammock, and for people who've never hammock camped before, you don't lay straight in a hammock. If you do, you get what they call the banana position, and it's just uncomfortable. Your back will hurt the next day, your legs will hurt. Um, you have to lay at an angle. That gives you kind of a flat let what they call a flat lay in a hammock. So it's more like laying in a bed. But um, yeah, because I sleep with my I just sleep with on my back. And since I never turn to the sides or I don't sleep on my side, I don't take my glasses off. And so that's why I was able to lay in my hammock and just watch TV or watch TV, watch the stars up above me because I didn't have to take my glasses off. Oh, now, in a tent, it's a totally different story because I sleep on my side in a tent. Those glasses come off the moment I lay down inside of a tent. But when I'm in a hammock, for some reason, I just always sleep on my back and it doesn't bother me. And I never take my glasses off. How do you sleep at home? I sleep in a bed. <laughs> yeah, but is it perfect? <laughs> <laughs> I usually it... sleep on my side. It, that's what I mean. In a hammock, the hammock is the only time I ever sleep on my back. But it's really comfortable for me. Like I, And here's another thing. I didn't even take a pillow. Oh, what do you use as your pillow? I didn't use anything for my pillow. Like in a hammock, I don't always need a pillow. Um, <laughs> I know it's weird, right? Like I still take two pillows even in a hammock. See, in a hammock, I don't really need it. Like like I said, I don't lay sideways, so I don't need it like one between my knees in a hammock. Now, I will sometimes in a tent, but in a hammock, I don't need to. And if I do take a pillow, I've got my Nemo Philo pillow, and I don't blow it up at all because it's got that foam layer. Yeah. I just use the foam layer, and that's it. I don't even blow it up because for me, with laying in a hammock, it, it feels like it pushes my head forward, you know, like when I, when I put a pillow underneath me in a hammock. So typically I use an underinflated pillow or no pillow or yeah. just something under my neck, just something under my neck. Maybe I like to either do like a 25% inflated pillow under my neck only because yeah. it's supported by the hammock or you could take like your puffy, maybe wad it up or even like stick the sleeve under your neck or something. Well, and uh, the, oh, what's it called? I just lost my mind. A Todd's uh, the, polar the polar jammer. Yeah. That's, that's a great neck pillow for in a hammock yeah and that it's a great and it's super light super light and if it's winter time and you're going to take it anyway then you don't need the pillow that's all i use in the winter time typically unless it's really cold and then i want something that kind of folds around my face a little bit more yeah um but yeah that's that's what i use once it starts getting cooler out the polar jammer goes with me on every trip with my hammock 
So, but yeah, so I, I did that. Uh, got up the next morning and made breakfast. And I mean, I, one of the things that I wanted, I just wanted a quiet night because I had been traveling. I'd been to Honduras and there weren't many quiet times when I was in Honduras. <laughs> um, I have a four and a five year old, so there's not many quiet times at home. Um, and my wife asked me what I wanted for Father's Day. And I said, I just want a night or two in the woods. And she was like, well, then go take a night or two in the woods. And so that's what I did. And it was beautiful. And it was just so nice. And like I said, it wasn't a long trip. There wasn't like a ton of hiking or anything. It was just literally, I just wanted to get out and relax. Now, but the craziest thing happened at the end of the trip. Do you want to know what happened at the end of the trip? Absolutely, man. I'm on the, the cra- This is the craziest thing. This has never happened for me on any trip. Got recognized. Ah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nobody recognizes <laughs> me. Uh, <laughs> no, I I got home and I put my gear away. What? Directly after the trip? Directly after the trip. That has never happened before. Usually I get home and it's like I just crash. But my wife got home later that day expecting to see my backpack sitting in the living room untouched. She goes, where's your backpack? I said, I put all my gear away. <laughs> and she was so like shocked because I mean, you, you're the same way as me. I, we've talked about this before. Like I get home from a trip. I'm kind of tired. So I usually just set the backpack down and sometimes it'll go days and days. Some, <laughs> there was one time it went like a week before I put all my gear away. Um, yeah, I went over a week if nothing's wet. Yeah. Yeah. If nothing's absolutely if nothing's wet. Well, I was talking to Crow one time. And he did a trip where he he never unpacked his bag. He just picked the bag back up and went back out on another trip, I think. <laughs> that may be the right he way just, to do it. He just got food and stuff together. Like he literally never unpacked his bag. So I always yeah. had to like I always had to get the towel out that I clean my cook pot with. And usually my tarp, if it's if it's been raining or like my rain fly and stuff, dry all that out. Yeah. And my dirty clothes, dude, my clothes. I always have like uh, some leggings in there that I sleep in, the socks that I've used on the trail, like my sleeping shirt, right. extra underwear if I take extra underwear. Like I always have some really, really rank stuff down there, and I can't imagine leaving it compressed for a week. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even take extra clothes. It was just an overnight, so I didn't even take extra clothes. Oh, yeah, you were good to go. And I you was like rained on. Yeah, and I didn't feel like like the next morning. Normally, I would go to like Miguel's and get like uh, because Miguel's. For those who don't know, in the Red River Gorge, Miguel's is like mythically famous for food. And I was gonna, I thought about going there and getting an omelet. I just stopped at a gas station and got like, I don't know, like loaded tater tots or something, and drove home. Like I, I was just, I slept in and I didn't leave. Like for me, I, I usually get up early. I'm, I'm usually like up five or six, and I'm I'm on the trail by seven at the latest. Dude, I didn't even start hiking till like 8.30. So, because I was just, I just comfortable. I was like, this is fun. I'm enjoying myself. It's quiet. I got no schedule today because my wife took the kids and went to her dad's for a night so that he could see the grandkids for Father's Day weekend for a night. And so they were coming home that night. I really had nothing to do. So I was like, I'm just going to chill. And so that's what I did. I just chilled out and hung out at the campsite for a while and then headed home from there. But it was just one of those week. It was just one of those nights. Like you probably had these before, where it's like, I don't really want to do anything, but I don't want to do anything inside. Like yeah. I just want to be outside, and so that's what this weekend was for me because it's been so long since I've gotten to sleep in 
sleep outside because of being sick and all that. It was just awesome. It was relaxing and easy. That, um, so <clears throat> on our Smokies trip, we hiked in that first day and then we slept, right? And then you wake up for your second day on trail. Right. That second day that we woke up, they were taking bets on what time they thought we were going to get up. I woke up at 9.30. Woke up at 9.30. Got out of my sleeping wow. bag. Wow. Yes. Got out of my sleeping bag at about, or got like out of the tent at about 10 a.m. They were and waiting on a stringer, weren't they? Everybody's tent was still set up. Everybody. Really? Mm-hmm. Bless you. Bless that's me. A, that's a double Thank sneeze. That's a double sneeze Tuesday. I just want to say that. You seen that clip of the the guy that's doing like the NFL combine? I think he might have been an Alabama player that sneezed on camera and then blessed nope. himself and then thanked himself. <laughs> <laughs> I seen it to you. It's funny. That's funny. Uh, but yeah. So we was were, everybody just tired and everybody slept in? We had pretty late night, you know, it's your first night actually on trail together. You yeah, you hiked in all day, but you still want to hang out and get to know everybody and you're still throwing yeah. it out, but yeah, we stayed up pretty late and then we slept in and then on the way home, you know how you're saying you usually crash whenever you get home. Yeah. A lot of times I'll take a nap like that day. Yeah. Come home, shower, hang out for a bit and eat. And then I'll like take an hour or two nap. Well, we got in the car and Bridget and I had listened to a podcast. Uh, we like shared AirPods. I used the left one. She used the right one. Mm -hmm. And then we can walk on trail kind of in proximity to each other, but still enjoy like listening to the same thing. Sometimes music, sometimes podcast. And on this podcast, they're talking about who has the best French fries. And the consensus was mostly McDonald's. And then we just got a craving for McDonald's French fries for some reason. And I bet I haven't had McDonald's French fries in years. I bet it's probably been three or four years. I, I just never eat McDonald's. I so, remember. So here's a question for you then. You got you got the French fries, right? On the way home. Was it was it a letdown or was it joy? No, it was not a letdown. I ten out of ten would eat McDonald's French fries again. Just it might be a couple more years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can, but, I, can I say something really interesting? Yeah. A lot of people don't know this. I don't really like French fries. I don't really like French fries either. I'd really much rather have potato chips. I just, I don't know what it is. I like French fries to me almost seem like a waste of potatoes sometimes. And I'm, that's, that's a hot take, man. Hot take. Hot take. Onion rings are better Un than French fries. Unless they are thick cut French fries. Like steak? Like the big fries. Like, uh, have you ever been to, you've been to Cane's, right? Raising Cane's? Uh-huh. Those fries are good. Those big old crinkle cut fat fries. Yeah, those are pretty good. Those are good. I like those. I like the big, like, potato wedges. I'm all about those. But, like, steak and shake? The thin fry, like the McDonald's style? I don't like those. They're even thinner than McDonald's. Like, they're way thinner than McDonald's. Yeah. they so, not my thing. Good. I don't know. The steak and shake here in my town went out of business. They turned it into a uh, cookout. Like, renovated it and turned it into oh, yeah, a yeah. That well, they Yeah, just, yeah. They just opened a steak and shake here in Nicholasville. Brand well, new, and it's like, and you here's what's crazy about it nobody waits on you. You go to these automated, like, like kiosk things, and you order your food on that, you pay for it there, and then you just go sit down. 
well, they call your name. They should have done that here because they had the absolute worst weight staff. And then everybody's like, I'm not going to go there anymore. But cookout, everybody goes there. It's cheap. For people who don't know, I don't know if these are all around the nation or not, but in Kentucky, they're like super cheap. Yeah. And they have the weirdest sides on the planet. Yeah. Do you want a side of corn dog or quesadilla? <laughs> <laughs> or do you want or do you want a bacon wrap? I remember thinking myself, what's a bacon wrap? And it's literally bacon wrapped in a tortilla. And I think that cookout is possibly even lower on the totem pole quality of food than Taco Bell. I mean, like I'd much rather have Taco Bell than uh than cookout. But cookout is like bottom tier food like the cheapest college kid food like late night drinking food that you can buy it's just i don't like it it's super cheap and it's easy yeah it's like five bucks and you get a burger fries a corn dog hush puppies and a large shake a side of a foie gras with a lobster tail sirloin steak and like (laughs) No, but I mean, it's like, seriously, I've never seen so much food for a single meal. No. It's I, like, if, if you're like somebody that's going, I've always wondered what it's like to be fat. Just eat there every day. Every day, and then you can be mission accomplished. Like, and you will have a heart attack within a week. I'll tell you where Bridget, you, you, You'll be able to hear your arteries hardening as you're eating there. Bridget and I, for our anniversary, it was very recent, and we we're like, let's splurge. And I've never done this before. I was like, this is the most I've ever spent on food in my entire life. We went to Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse. Nice. Oh, my gosh. I got Jason. I, I texted Jason. I was like, hey, man, we're thinking about um, hitting Lexington for our anniversary and checking out a comedy show. We want to go get some food before we go to the comedy club. And uh, he was like, well, basically, what's the budget? And I was like, he's like, you okay with spending, you know, quite a bit. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, Jeff Ruby's or there's something Tony's. else. Tony's. Tony's. Well, we picked Jeff Ruby's and I got the black and ribeye per his um, suggestion. And I got to tell you, that was the best steak I've ever had. That's awesome. Yeah. Now it's super, super expensive, but it was absolutely delicious. And I couldn't eat it all. I got a 16 ounce ribeye. And I couldn't eat it all, and I finished wow. it the next day. It was so good. Um, and they box your food up, like cookout versus Jeff Ruby's, dude. That's like, I mean, that the difference is insane. Well, but let's also do this: the price you paid at Jeff Ruby's. If you paid that price at cookout, you could feed a small African nation. Dude, that's true. You could probably, you like, probably run them out of so food. much food that you would get at the cookout. It would be healthy, but I mean, the reason, gosh, it's so cheap. The reason why I told you about the McDonald's fries is because we we stopped on the way home to get the fries. Right, you're craving it. That last day on trail, you're always thinking, hey, right? What do I want? I want a big fat cheeseburger. I want a burrito. What do I want? So we wanted those French fries, and I told Bridget, uh, I was like. We'll stop and get them on the way. And she crashed out hard. I drove home. I was like, I'll drive us home. And she was asleep. I had to wake her up so that uh, we could get the French fries. And then she went back to sleep after we ate the French fries and slept until we pulled into, I I was like raising the garage door at the house and pulling into the house. That's awesome. 
Yeah, you crash hard after those big trips like that. Yeah, especially if you're not used to it. Like when you're when you're climbing up three or four miles straight up a mountain for the last day, that's that'll wear you out quick if it's not something you do very often. Yeah, dude, it can be brutal, but it can be. You had a blast. You had a blast too on your trip. I just relaxed, man. Like I, I don't know about your life, but like sometimes just things get hectic, you know. Busy uh, world we live in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, between April and, and June, it's just a busy time. You know, it's kind of like Christmas time, and then that springtime into the summer is always the busiest where I am, where I work. And so I, it was just nice to chill, man. Now I just got to get a trip down to the Savage Gulf. That's the next place on my list. It has to happen. I want to do it this summer. I don't know when I'm going to get to do it, but that's a goal. Maybe you should come with me. Book it. I think we should do it. You send me the deets, man. Yeah, I just got to figure out what the deets are. <laughs> that's step one. That's that's a big important thing. So, well, man, it's been good talking. It's been good hearing about your trip. And uh, you're getting ready to head out to South Dakota tomorrow. So this is actually going to be posted a week after you get back. Yeah, maybe we can talk about that one. Yeah, that would be great. I, I'd love to get a trip report about South Dakota, man. That's one of those places I've wanted to go for a while, so I'm excited to hear how that goes for you. So for myself, for Jeremiah, the king of Kentucky backpacking, thanks for tuning in. We will catch you guys on the next one. Adios, folks.